0: Good morning. Let's stay in that atmosphere and the attitude of prayer. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together, the prayer that the Lord Jesus gave His disciples when they asked Him how to pray. We're going to pray it all through together and then after that I'm going to say each line very slowly and it will be a chance for you to um, reflect on each word and the Holy Spirit to make each word alive as a prayer in your own heart. So that's what we're going to do. If you want to keep standing, you can keep standing. If you'd like to sit, you can do that too. But let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, forever and ever. Amen. Let's allow the Spirit to bring these words alive in our hearts and to pray prayers that maybe even words can't express. Our Father, our Father, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, hallowed, holy, lifted high, set apart, be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will, your will be done. Here on earth, as it is in heaven, Give us today our daily bread, everything we need, we rely on you. Forgive us our sins. As we forgive others, as we forgive others who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, lead us away from temptation. <laughs> Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours forever and ever. And the people said, Amen.
1: Thank you. Wonderful to be in the presence of God this morning as a community, isn't it? It was a fantastic time of worship, real sense of God's spirit at work amongst us. And I love it uh, when all things sort of come together and it feels like the the Lord is is with us and has been with us, preparing us. And I've got a real sense this morning that there's been uh, work behind the scenes uh, as as God's been preparing us to come together today to actually hear the word uh, to be preached this morning, and it's my privilege this morning to welcome a good friend of mine, Dave Bland. Dave was the the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Center for a number of years before I I took over, and uh, it's an honor, Dave, to invite you back and to also preach to us the word. And I trust that you have open hearts to hear. The Lord speaking through Dave as he comes to share this morning. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Thanks, Sam. Can I get this?
2: Is that all right? Thank you. Wow. Good morning, everyone. And uh, thank you, Sam, so much for your kind welcome. I can't stop smiling at the moment. It's just uh, so much I could say, but it's all good. It's all joy just to be here again. And uh, my glasses are still fogged from... uh... Jude, can you just sorry I, I don't know if that's going to change it looks like it's glued on if you could just deal with that because um, <laughs> I'll be really blind uh, it's just so good for us to be here this morning and uh, we are just delighted to be in your presence uh, our life changed forever when we came to the Hills Christian Family Centre in uh, 2015 it changed again forever uh, when we left in 2018 but uh, Just the relationships and and the memories and uh, to see you all again, to see the church doing so well uh, under Sam's leadership and to see it moving forward, it's just a joy. It is delightful. And to be standing here and looking at this facility and and looking at all of you, uh, albeit uh, in a blurred fashion currently, (laughs) Um, Judy, you are the helper that God ordained for me. Great. That's better. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, I'm, I better just keep moving because I, I, I want this moment to last forever. Just being here this morning, but uh, I'll have to come to the Hills Christian Families in a service in heaven, and uh, and be with you all then again. But uh, that will be great. Hey, um, I'm here for a couple of reasons this morning. To preach the word is certainly uh, an important one that I'll be getting to in a minute. The other one is to talk a little bit about. Schools Ministry Group, uh, I have been working there as a regional manager for, uh, the past, um, uh, one year. I just went past my one year anniversary and uh, my main role is looking after the work of pastoral care workers in government schools in South Australia. And uh, this church, you may not know it, actually plays a key role in that process from a number of different angles. Uh, it's part of the Mitcham Hills Interchurch Council. Richard Sullivan has been the church's rep on that body for quite some time. And uh, the Mitcham Hills Interchurch Council supports seven pastoral care workers in five schools in this area. So uh, Belair Primary School, uh, where uh, Margaret McGarry teaches, saw her there recently, which was fantastic. Uh, then there's Blackwood Primary School, Hawthorne Dean Primary School, Coromandel Valley Primary School and uh, Blackwood High School. So uh, they've all got pastoral care workers. The reason there's seven in five schools is because just in the past six months, Hawthorne Dean Primary and Co- uh, and Blackwood Primary said, we are so uh, happy with the pastoral care worker service, we'd like a second one, please. And they both employed PCWs at their schools at their own expense to have a second person there. So we're just finding a lot of fruit and a lot of favour. Schools Ministry Group now has pastoral care workers in it's close to 340 government schools in south australia it's nearly 70% so uh, the the favour and the openness to to pcws uh doing their thing and and being the presence of christ in that place uh is uh, is just a great blessing so uh i encourage you with that i brought uh a copy of our latest newsletter, Jude's got some down the front, if you want to grab one of those or or know more, uh, we do have brochures uh, that show the pastoral care workers that unfortunately Sam I didn't bring with me this morning, but I can email them to you if you'd like to pray for those pastoral care workers and support them, uh, that would be fantastic. And I should mention we also have a pastoral care worker in our midst, Kiara Price, who serves at Black Forest Primary School. Back there and it is great to see her this morning. So uh, that's another way this church is involved in that service. Good on you, Kiara. Okay, so disappointment. Am I on, Sam? It's on. Those guys are going to put that up for me, or I'm going to press this. There it is. Thanks very much. I got it now, guys. Let's see if I remember how to do it. Disappointment, despair, and defeat. What a way to begin a sermon. Who invited this guy? How long is this going to take? (laughs) When are we going to get to the end of this depressing sermon? Is there anything more disillusioning, there's another D, than disappointment, despair and defeat? I think uh, in the past 18 months or so, uh, there's been uh, a fair share of each of those for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Uh, not only connected with the, the pandemic, but if you like the the things of life, uh, and uh, it is uh, it is indeed challenging when we go through circumstances. Uh, the fact is that life does have its disappointments. Uh, if if you don't know that, I congratulate you on about being about to turn five. Uh, but uh, for the rest of you, you'll be aware life does have is its disappointments and the interesting thing is they come to all of us whether we have a super strong faith in Jesus Christ or not it's not discriminating in that sense our faith makes no difference in that regard that life does have its disappointments that come to all of us but i want to suggest that a key question when we go through disappointment disappointments and even defeats is not so much that it happened to us but the question at that point is what now and what next because it's the way that we respond to disappointment despair and defeat that actually ends up being a key factor in the way that we live our lives and the way that those particular things impact us that answer to that question is critical when it comes to how we get up each morning this morning I'm going to look at the story of a woman called Naomi uh, who had her fair share of disappointments in her life. In fact, Naomi not only had to deal with the death of her own husband but also the death of her two sons, uh, the death in her family and of those close by was a, a key factor and a key part of her life. And these occurred after she'd moved away from her home country, uh, forced to do so by famine. So a sense of, of defeat and despair uh, were heavy in her life. Uh, after these events, she was left with two daughters-in-law, but they themselves had become widows because of the uh, death of her two their two husbands and her two sons. Uh, so they were together, uh, but they were each dealing with a heavy sense of grief and despair at the same time. Now Naomi, in processing this, uh, openly declares uh, her disappointment and despair over what's happened in her life. She just she says it right out there, right at the start of the story. We're going to read it in a moment, she just says, I am a disappointed person. In fact she goes further than that, says, I am bitter over what has happened but the actions in her life reveal that she's still got faith and I don't know whether that comes to you as a as a bit of a contradiction and you might be asking the question I'd like to encourage you to ask it is it possible to be disappointed to be despairing and even defeated and even bitter and still have faith in God is that a possibility now, I don't know, some of you might have your own answer for that very quickly. Yes, no, not sure. And I want to suggest my answer to you today is the answer is yes and no. And you're right to laugh, Sam, because that is a preacher's cop-out. We've got an answer for every occasion for every person. Yes and no. It is possible to still have faith in God and to experience one of those emotions, because as we've just said, disappointments come to all of us, and they test us, and some are more significant than others, and sometimes we go through seasons in life where it seems like we're living in permanent disappointment, or even despair, or even bitterness. But I want to suggest to you, as I've alluded to already, that to remain in that space And in that place, eventually it becomes as if we didn't have faith in God, that those things, disappointment, uh, does in fact turn to despair, which can become bitterness and we can become so bound by them, so moored in them, that in fact the faith in God that we have becomes, if you like, constricted or suppressed or starved of oxygen And we come to the point where we actually need to make a choice about what is going to dominate our life. So, yes, we can go through disappointment, despair and bitterness and be a person of faith and have a strong faith in God. But ultimately, we need to make a decision about what it is that we're going to give, if you like, the preeminence to in our life. What is going to inform the way that we live and how are we going to outwork and respond to that disappointment and despair when it comes? So let's join the story uh, of Naomi, which uh, is found in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 6. And we're going to read through that together. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown your kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Now, folks, I think you'll agree when we read this statement, we I don't know about you, but I think certainly as a former journalist, how did that get in there? Like, who's editing this book? God, how could you allow someone to say those things about you in your own Bible? And I think actually the fact that it is there shows that God is open to the expression of our disappointment, despair and defeat. He's open to us saying, this is how it feels for me. And in this little passage, Naomi blames God four times and says, you did this. And when we initially see that, we're thinking, oh, that's, that's terrible. How could she say that? But I think that actually it might be more of a statement of faith than what we realise. And as I was reading it through again this morning, I was thinking, you know, maybe she's actually saying God's still in this, even though she's talking about the despair that's come from actions that she's attributing to him. In the book of Ruth, God is spoken about a lot but he actually doesn't speak himself. His story and his faithfulness is told through the words and the actions and the expressions of the people in the book. And if I was, uh, you know, writing a book and allowing people to speak about me, I'd want to stick my hand up and say, but, 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 But God instead allows his faithfulness and his goodness to be expressed through the events that occur in the people's life. And I want to ask you today just to reflect on a little continuum. You've heard me use these three words. And as I said, we can all go through periods of disappointment. And I want to ask you today whether you think you would place yourself somewhere in this space today. Are you a disappointed person? Are you reflecting on the events of your life, either from a long time ago or a short time ago, and thinking, you know, I'm I'm really not happy about the way things have gone? And I want to just uh, ask also whether you've moved on from that, you've been in that space for so long that you've started to develop despair. And when you're just thinking, you know, this is never going to improve, I'm never going to get over this, and I'm just stuck in this place. And if you spend enough time there, you can eventually get to the bitter stage where you start to look to attribute blame to what's happened in your life. And you can become bitter because of this or that. And that bitterness can be directed towards other people, can be directed towards yourself, or even, as Naomi is saying, can be be directed towards God. And I'd just like to, as I put this up on the screen, get each of you to just reflect and say, you know, Pastor, I just actually might be there at the moment. And I might be actually moving closer to there at the moment. And I really feel, as Sam has alluded to just before I spoke, that this is an opportunity for you to move to a better place today. It's an an opportunity for you not to be a disappointed or a despairing or a bitter person, but instead to allow for the fact that God still has placed faith in your heart if you're a follower of Jesus and a believer in him, you still have something that can influence you and direct you towards a better space and a better place. And if you're not a person who's got faith in Jesus, if, if you, but you'd say, I'm on one of those, then this is an opportunity to say, Lord, take my life, here's my circumstances and lead me to a better place. And if you can say amen to that, I believe the Spirit of God can work with that and work with you this morning. I said earlier that uh, Naomi's statement may be more encouraging than we expect. And what I meant by that is uh, I recall uh, Philip Yancey, you've heard of a well-known Christian author, I'm sure, once wrote a book called Disappointment with God. Ever heard of that one? disappointment with god that's a pretty bold title isn't it and uh, he wrote this book and he was asked as he was promoting and he said uh, he was asked philip is there anything worse than disappointment with god and he said yes disappointment without god <laughs> that sounds like something jesus would say and i've i've never forgotten that answer and what Yancey was saying is that You know, Naomi's got a list of problems that she's got someone to complain to. Uh, You might be disappointed, but if you've got God, you've at least got someone to interact with about that disappointment. And I think that's exactly what's going on in this space, where Naomi has an opportunity to talk to God about it. And, And maybe that's something that you have not done yet. Maybe you're a disappointed or despairing or a bitter person. You've never talked to God about that. You've never shared that with him. You've never opened up about that. And I want to suggest that God's open to you sharing that with him today, soon, right now, so that he can work in your life. Okay, let's have a look at what happens in Naomi's life. She says, I'm bitter, but she hears about the saving activity of God back in her homeland. So she takes a step of faith in fact her life turns around because of faith found in three places firstly in her all right that's that's she finds faith but it's the faithfulness of God as well that impacts her life and it's the faithfulness of other people isn't it good you're at church here this morning you're surrounded by other people. And it's their faithfulness that can have an impact on you as well. So let's talk a bit more about that. The two people that are faithful to Naomi are her daughter-in-law, Ruth, and a man named Boaz that we'll hear a bit more about in a moment. Ruth replies to Naomi when she says, Just go home. Leave me alone. I've had a guts fall. I can't do it. Ruth gives her this response. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Folks, I want to suggest that all of us need faithful people in our life, especially when we are in a disappointed or despairing or bitter place. All of us need faithful people in our life. And for those of you who, who would say you're in one of those places at the moment, I just want to get you to pause for a moment and think about the faithful people that are in your life and sometimes it's hard for them to stick like Ruth does would have been easy for Ruth to say mate she's got a lot of problems i'm going home but and she says no i'm going to stick with you we've been brought together for a time such as this where you go i'm going i'm going to adopt you know your your situation and i'm going to stick with you through to death and when a person elects to do that for us it's a blessing beyond description And I want to just remind and encourage all disappointed, despairing, bitter people here this morning and get you to think about the one or the two or the three faithful people that are in your life at the moment. Maybe you've got more than that. Maybe today you're going to say, hey, I know I've been difficult to be around, but I want to thank you for sticking with me. Maybe you're going to make that call. Maybe that person's here at church today and you're just going to encourage them and thank them for that. I went through a period uh, in my Christian life where I, I felt totally defeated as a Christian, like fail Christian. And uh, I, I actually went through a period, this is quite some time ago, where I thought, did I make the right decision when I walked out the front as a 17 year old at Flinders Park Church of Christ? Like, what was I thinking? Was I a bit, just a bit too happy for my own good? You know, what what's this all about? How does it what does it mean to follow Jesus? And I I was I was really at the at at a point of reflecting strongly on my commitment and my decision. And I remember thinking to myself, well, I can't do lots of things in the Christian life that well, I felt, but I can still drive. You've read that in the Bible about the importance of driving? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, a lot of confused looks out there. I can see it through your face masks. Um I thought to myself, you know, I can't do much, but I know I can get in my car at 9.45 and drive to church every Sunday. I think I can do that. And I realised, you know, I might have a lot of problems, but I can go to the gathering of God's people and hear the word preached over me and sing and worship God, even if a lot of other things in the way of my following him aren't going so well. And that decision to just place myself in that place, God used that small, pathetic act of faith to actually then rebuild what he had done in my life and set me on a course that, I guess, led me to preaching you today. So I want to encourage you today, just the smallest act, even just coming here to church or turning on the broadcast or whatever it is, God can use that. And Naomi effectively does the same thing. She says, you know, life's a misery, I'm bitter, but I hear God's doing good stuff back home. I'm going to go there. All right? And she heads back. In chapter 1, Naomi takes the initiative by returning to her homeland when she heard of the saving activity of God. Her faith remains, even though she's bitter. In chapter 2, Ruth then takes the initiative by going out into the fields to outwork an ancient process called gleaning, which is gathering up grain that hasn't been harvested so they can eat. She selects a field of a man called Boaz who just happens to be a wealthy relative of Naomi's and who knows of the kindness that Ruth has shown her. And this is what he says. He says, may the Lord repay you, Ruth, for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So check out what's going going on here. Ruth makes this commitment to Naomi, but in doing so, she earns the favour and the blessing of this guy called Boaz. And Boaz looks at what Ruth has done and he Uh, if you like, speaks the word of God over. He says, what you have done is you have sought refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. And this is a a beautiful expression, uh, wings and refuge, which appear four times together in the scripture. And Psalm 36 verse 7 is one of them, which says, how priceless is your unfailing love. I've been singing about that this morning, haven't we, Hannah? It's been great. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And uh, I just want to encourage you today that if you find yourself in a disappointed place, that going to God, taking refuge in him is the place of favour and the place of blessing. And, and Boaz says to Ruth, this is what you've done for your mother-in-law. She's done this, but you've done that with her and for her. And he speaks a blessing and a favour over her. So Ruth blesses Naomi with her commitment, Boaz in turn blesses Ruth with favour for her dedication and Naomi turns around and pronounces a blessing on Boaz for his generosity. I like this little way that it's going. Everyone's getting blessed, everyone's showing favour, Naomi's disappointed and despairing but her action and Ruth's has now brought Boaz into the picture of speaking favour and blessing over them. Naomi says about Boaz the Lord bless him pretty simple the Lord bless him Naomi said to her daughter-in-law he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead she added that man is our close relative he is our guardian redeemer so the plot thickens this Guy that's brought into the situation happens to be someone who has a particular status with Ruth and Naomi. Guardian redeemer is a Hebrew word for a legal term for a person who has the obligation to redeem a relative in serious difficulty. Now, I don't know whether you're in serious difficulty or not, but I like the idea that someone might be obligated to help you in that situation. And I don't know if we have similar laws here in Australia. I can't think of them immediately. But I like the idea that there's someone who's obligated who is your guardian redeemer. And you might be thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind a guardian redeemer. And my response to you is, I'll get back to you about that in a moment. Because everyone here actually has one. And he's ready and has already moved into that situation that you're concerned about. What do we do with this situation? At looking all this blessing and favouring and guardian redeemering, how do we respond? I'm going to give you an encouragement. Watch your language and I'm not talking about swearing. Sorry parents, you might have thought this is a good opportunity to help the kids. Not so. I want to encourage you today, especially you disappointed, despairing, bitter people, to examine what's coming out of your gob when it comes to the way that you are speaking over yourself and over others and over your circumstances and situation. Because there's a temptation to curse, curse, curse. To, to proclaim despair and defeat over you and others and everything and everyone and even God and to bind the power of God and the love of others because of the way that you're basically cursing everything that's around you. And I want you to stop doing that. I think God wants you to stop doing it and to start pronouncing favour and blessing over yourself and your circumstances, your situation and the other people around you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A lot of parents have used this scripture as a ban on swearing, and I don't think swearing is a good idea, but this is talking about talk that tears people down instead of building them up. So we want to be people that speak well over ourselves and over others and over our situation. When I used to work at the ABC, I had a slightly cynical view of life. You might be surprised to hear that. And I came up with this little pattern. I thought this is how my weeks went, and I named the days of the week. Mournful Monday. Terrible Tuesday. Tuesday. Woeful Wednesday. I had a good week so far, aren't I? And then I got to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, Thoughtful Thursday. I'm starting to think about the weekend. Fantastic Friday. Sensational Saturday and Sublime Sunday. Mournful Monday. And I, (laughs) I I had this. I was going to make a poster of it, but I thought that might be. But I obviously was a believer. I thought, David, you can't. You're cursing half of your week before you even get out of bed, man. You're basically saying, you know, half of your life is is a loss because of the way that you think that your week's unfolding. So I actually uh, recalled this story when I got to SMG and I, I talked with someone, I thought, well, we've got to rename this, we've got to come up with new. So this is what I went with. You ready? This is you can have this for free. Magnificent Monday, terrific Tuesday, wonderful Wednesday. Thrilling Thursday, Fantastic Friday, Sensational Saturday, and Sublime Sunday. Praise the Lord. Who wants a week like that? That's sounding right to me. So that's just a little example, just to be aware of the way that we speak over our situation, the days of the week. Secondly, take action that's based upon faith. Obedience to God, to his call on our life and to, to flowing with what he wants for us always is the right thing to do. Sometimes it causes difficulties and creates problems and things get better or worse before they get better. But it's always the right course of action. So take action that's based on faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Sometimes when we see the word reward, we think, what, with frequent fly points? Like, what is that reward? Is it tangible? And, you know, I think the word reward can really include anything, but it certainly includes the favour and the presence of God, him being with us no matter what. But we, if we uh, act like he doesn't exist or he doesn't care, then we cut off and we neutralise his work in our life. It's not that he's still at work, but he's limited in the way that he can interact with us. So I want you to encourage you with that today, that faith in God, that taking action based on faith is an important step in this process of moving from bitterness and disappointment and despair. Thirdly, believe in a good God. Psalm 145 verse 9 says, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. There's no limits there. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And when we turn to him, in disappointment or defe- or despair or defeat, he is there for us. Okay, so the story moves along. In chapter 3, Naomi and Ruth uh, took the initiative, outworking a plan that sees essentially sees Ruth declaring herself available and willing to be married by Boaz. Then it's Boaz who takes the initiative. He clears the way for himself to purchase some land that Naomi owns and to marry Ruth, thus ensuring the financial future of both women. And this is what we read happens next. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age, for your daughter in law who who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. The women that Naomi said and said, Don't call me sweet anymore. That's what Naomi means. Call me Mara, call me bitter have then said, no, 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 something has taken place in your life that has changed it and affected it for good. So they won't curse with her, but instead speak back to her with favour and blessing. On this occasion, we see it's God who takes the initiative. Initially, he comes to the rescue of his people by providing food for them. Now the Lord enables Ruth to conceive, providing for her, Boaz, Naomi and the entire world and you're sitting there thinking how do we get drawn into this story Ruth's son was named Obed who was the father of Jesse who was the father of David who of course was the ancestor of Jesus Christ friends the good news today is that we do have a guardian redeemer for ourselves. His name is Jesus and he redeems us just like Boaz redeemed Ruth and ultimately Naomi. We didn't have anything to offer him, but he acted when we were stuck in despair, disappointment and defeat and redeems us from sin so that we can stand with him. Sin, you might say, our sinful state, the wrong things that we have done, the wrong things that have been done to us, are the ultimate defeat, are the ultimate disappointment, are the ultimate despair. But there's no reason for us to remain in that anymore. We can speak to Jesus, who is our guardian redeemer, and say, Lord, redeem me. And we not only do that once, we just don't parcel it up in the the past and just say, oh, well, it's back there. But then as we go through life, we're able to come to our guardian redeemer on every occasion and say, Lord, this hurts. Lord, I didn't expect that. Lord, I didn't plan for that. I had something else in mind. Lord, what's happening now? How did I end up here? And at that point, the question is, will you accept the redemption again of Jesus Christ? Will we say, Lord, despite all of that, despite my situation, I'm going to believe that you are a good God, that you reward those who have faith in you, and I'm going to speak blessing and give thanks for those around me who are standing with me at this time. And I just really want to encourage you all in that space and that place today. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung upon a pole. That's the crucifixion of Jesus. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the story of Naomi. We thank you that even though she was a woman who openly declared her bitterness and her disappointment and her despair, that you were still in her life, that you were still directing her steps, that you sent her Ruth and then you sent her Boaz to redeem her and to be her deliverers in that situation. Father, we thank you that even when we're disappointment, disappointed and defeated and despairing, you do not abandon us, you do not depart from us, but you remain with us waiting for us to turn to you and Lord, I pray for every single person here this morning that knows that at the moment they're struggling with one of those three things. They might even be able to say, I'm actually bitter. And Lord, I pray that right now you would bless them, you would speak out to them, you would reach out to them by the power of your Holy Spirit, and you would encourage them to not remain in that space or that place, but to take some Action that is based on faith to change the way that they are speaking about their circumstances and to turn to you and know and believe that you are good. So, Lord, I thank you for every single person who's listening to this or who's present this morning. And, Lord, I pray that you do a work in their life right now, changing them, helping them encouraging them, reminding them of those who are around them so that they might know that you have not abandoned them, that you are directing their steps. Lord, I pray for those who haven't yet said yes to you, who don't know that there's a guardian redeemer or just hearing about your redemption for the first time, who need to break through in this area of believing and accepting you as Lord and Saviour. Father, I pray that you would quicken their hearts, that they would say yes to you right now, that you would change their life and set them on a path out of disappointment, despair and defeat. I pray in your name. Amen. Just as I invite the team up, I'm not sure. Where's Sam? There he is. Sam, I'm just going to give a couple of challenge points before I hand back to you. And I want to encourage everyone here this morning uh, that uh, if you're bound in disappointment and despair, take some action today that's based on faith. Your being here this morning is is a statement of faith. You may not realise that. You may think, I always come here or I crawled in here this morning. But being here is a statement. So I want to encourage you with that this morning as I hand over to Sam. Bless you, mate.
1: Thank you so much, Dave. I'm sure you'll agree. I've been personally impacted by that that word over us, Dave. Um, And I want to give an opportunity for some ministry time for people to respond to that. I'm just aware of the time and uh, when the kids go out before the service, we just want to make sure it's a a short service so that those who are volunteering for our kids uh, don't have them for too long. So I'm going to just... Bear with me for a moment. I'm going to close the service now for those who want to grab their kids that they can do that. Um, we have a reason to be disappointed and despairing this morning in that we can't have coffee. So we can be disappointed with God, but we can't be disappointed without God. And we can't be disappointed without each other. We still have each other uh, to fellowship and to be with together. So I'm going to invite people at the back to maybe pack up the the seats, so we can use the foyer area and and outside to fellowship with each other. And you might want to walk up to someone and say, hey, thanks for being alongside me uh, in the time of disappointment, as Dave said. There might be people here who have been those people of faith. Um, But we're going to sing a song now in Christ alone because Jesus is our guardian redeemer. And I just want to give you an opportunity to respond. If if there's any uh, situation... If there's any, anything that you're going through right now uh, where, where this increasing disappointment, despair, bitterness is taking hold of you in a way that it's, it's binding you and you're unable to, to have that, that freedom of Christ, I really want to invite you to perhaps even come down to the front row of seats. You might want to just sit and, and kneel. You might want to ask someone to pray for you. Uh, you might just want to sit and listen to the, the, the words of this song uh, sung over you. So feel free to either just sit where you are, uh, feel free to stand, feel free to come, kneel. We're going to sing in Christ alone, declaring that He is our guardian and redeemer. He is the one that has made a way in order for us to have the life and blessing that He has designed for us, not only obligated, but He's planned for before the creation of the world. He planned for this. And His desire is for us to to know Him and to be in in communion with Him. So... uh, pray pray a blessing on you as you go from this service. We'll close that now but if you do want to respond, if you do want to have just a moment just to call out to God and, and ask him to, to really be at work in your life feel free to do that now. In Christ Hope is
0: found, he is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone,
1: this solid ground. found to the feet of man, can never pluck me from his hand, till he
0: returns, or calls me home.
1: who you are even though we might be disappointed or despairing or bitter we can call on your name that you are our guardian redeemer who has come and Lord we just pray for those who are just ministered to right now Lord that they'd continue to reach out ask for prayer Lord that the prayer room be open and full of people just longing to have others speak faith and life and blessing over their situations And, Lord, that they'd walk out of this place changed because of who you are and what you're going to do amongst us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.